Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine. And we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after <laughs> forever and ever. No. No. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. Hello, beautiful. Welcome to the New Truth Podcast episode 128, how to transform the sabotaging patterns that hurt your relationships. I am so excited to be here. If you haven't figured it out already, this is Kate Harlow, and I'm doing a solo episode today and talking about my favorite topic of all, which is sabotage in relationships and dating, aka your saboteur. And for those of you who've been listening to The New Truth for a while or who have attended my masterclass or done work with me, you know the saboteur intimately. And I'm super excited to talk about the how you break free from your saboteur ruining your relationships. Now, first, before we get into it, you have to know your saboteur intimately in order to break free from sabotaging your relationships. And of course, this isn't just romantic relationships. We sabotage, our saboteur is sabotaging all of our relationships. If you desire to have more sisterhood in your life, or you desire to have a more deeply intimate connection with your romantic partner, perhaps you desire more connection, you desire more support, more love, you desire to feel happier. I mean, your saboteur is is responsible for the lack thereof of all of these things. Your saboteur stops you or sabotages you from having the love, the relationships, the connection, the intimacy, and the life that you desire. So we're going to talk a lot about the saboteur today. And before we get started, I just wanted to personally invite you to my Expanded Love Masterclass that's coming up next week. I'm so excited to be bringing this back. We, the last one we did was in March. We had over 150 women participating in March. It was so good. So basically, it's a five-day masterclass, totally free. Every single day, you're going to get intimate with a different aspect of your saboteur. I will go over the aspects today and give you a little tip on how to break free from each one of the patterns. What's the antidote to breaking free from each one? But in the masterclass, we're going to go much deeper into it so you understand your protective mechanisms deeply because that is the first step to transformation. Until you understand the part of you that's stopping you from experiencing true intimacy or true connection or actually letting love in or being magnetic to high quality love or not tolerating toxic love, you have to know this part of you intimately before you can unlock all of the parts of you that have been repressed. And this is exactly what I do with my work in my work with women. I created a method from my 15 years of coaching experience and teaching experience. I have created a method called the expanded love method. This is the work that I do with women. And the first step is we get super intimate with their saboteur. 
so they can see all the aspects of their life and all the places and relationships that they're not fully being themselves, not fully connecting in the way that their hearts desire, not creating a life that they love. So we see all the sabotaging ways they're sabotaging themselves essentially without knowing it. And then we unlock what I call your heroine. So we get intimate with all of the parts of you that have been repressed because your saboteur has been in charge. And I am super excited to announce that if you register for the masterclass this week, we have a contest running or it's next week. But if you register this week for the masterclass, the contest is this. You register, your name gets put into the draw. You show up to day one, your name gets put into the draw. You show up to day two, your name gets put into the draw. You have six chances. So registration in all five days to have your name be put into a draw. And at the end of the week, we will be drawing one person who will be going home sound like I'm selling a car, who will be going home with a reclamation three-month transformational journey where not only you'll get even more intimate with your saboteur, but you'll learn how to unlock your heroine so you can start to create the life that you long for, so you can start to experience that expansiveness in all of who you are so that dating and relationships become so much easier when you're just being yourself and your expanded self. You're not coming from those insecure places. So the reclamation is an incredibly transformational journey. I would love to have you join me. The next one starts July 1st and it's three months long. So July till the end of September. And it's a virtual program. And one lucky, amazing woman is going to join me absolutely free. Um, one of you that wins the, the masterclass. So sign up. The link is below. Tell all your friends. Knowing your saboteur is life-changing. And know, knowing your friend's saboteurs is also life-changing because your friend and your partners, if you have romantic partners, but your saboteur understanding it and then having all your friends on the same page makes it so much easier. So definitely tell all your friends. Okay, so let's get into it. So how to, how to transform the sabotaging patterns that are hurting your relationships. So the key is to first understand your saboteur, right? And so from a very young age, when you were age zero to seven, uh, um, Dr. Bruce Lipsing talks about how we're in a hypnotic state at this point. Your soul is wildly expressed. Your soul is, oh, your heart is open. You're curious. You're open-minded. You're present. Little kids are so present. You're just following how you feel. You feel all your feelings. You say no when it's a no. You say yes when it's a yes. You're wildly expressed in your most authentic state when you're a little kid. And then at the young age, seven is, is the most common age, but nowadays it's starting to happen even younger, probably because of technology and just the world's evolving. Um, but kids are becoming repressed even younger. And also, of course, it depends on the trauma in the home, what's happening at school, what's happening in your social circles, what's happening in the, in the world around you. It, that's what shapes your saboteur. So as little kids were wildly expressed, going through the world, no care in the world. And then all of a sudden, we our saboteur develops based on watching our parents, watching our siblings, watching our teachers, watching all the adults in our lives. So part of it is us being repressed by the people around us. And the other part is us watching how other people do life. So if your mom is over-functioning and she's taking care of everyone and your dad's doing nothing, your saboteur is picking that up. Okay, that's what I, she's either like, that's what I got to do. I got to overfunction. I got to do 
do everything or she's like, okay, I'm never going to do that. And she swings to the opposite end of the pendulum. Regardless, your saboteur is always watching and learning this part of you, this protective primitive part of your brain is watching the world around you and learning how to be. So there's that. And then of course, she's also being repressed by those around her. So let's say you're singing and dancing and, and performing in front of your family. And let's say your brother says, you're stupid, stop singing, you suck at singing. That goes into the collection of your saboteur. You go to school and your teacher shames you for talking or shames you for, for getting a question wrong or for, for, for being too loud, that goes into it. And every time you get repressed, it goes into the collective voice in your head that becomes your saboteur. So this collective voice we think it's our own, right? You walk around, you walk through the world as an adult, believing what you're thinking most of the time, yes? Unless you've listened to the New Truth podcast for a long time and done a lot of personal development work, mindset work, spiritual work. But for the most part, most people just believe the stories in their heads. The narrator in your head that's making meaning of everything is your saboteur. The narrator in your head that's taking everything personally and thinking if someone else is snarky with you, it's because they're mad at you. But what actually is going on is they're in deeper pain inside of themselves because of something else, right? Like your saboteur is constantly looking at the world around you and internalizing all of it. The part of you that is blaming other people for how you feel, that's your saboteur. There's so many layers to the saboteur. The part of you that goes on a date and gets swept away by the fairy tale and the idea of this person and makes up a big story of who they are and, and the fact that you've met the one and now you're you want to marry them or they're, you know, the most amazing person you've ever met, even though they're a stranger, that's your saboteur, right? The part of you that doesn't show who you really are to the world and holds everything in, that's your saboteur. The part of you that thinks you need to be different so other people feel more comfortable, that's your saboteur. So, oh, there's so many protective mechanisms. And of course, in the Expanded Love Masterclass, we go so deep into it. You will understand her. You'll probably name her by the end of the week. And if you've already been there, I highly recommend coming again because there's always more to learn, always new layers, always new information coming through. But all of these protective mechanisms are your saboteur. So in order to have a different experience in your relationships, you have to be leading from a different part of yourself, right? So it, um, I'm sure you've heard this saying, the definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. Yet we do that all the time, right? How many times have you been in a relationship and you're like, that's it. I'm not tolerating this toxic dynamic anymore. I'm leaving. And you finally get the courage to leave. And then five months later, you end up in a relationship with a guy who's or a woman who's exactly the same, a toxic partner who's exactly the same, right? Let's say you tend to attract narcissists. This word gets thrown around a lot lately, um, but it's great that there is some awareness about it because there, uh, there have been studies done that one in four people are narcissistic, or, or I think we all are on a spectrum, but are on the extreme side based on trauma, because most people have unresolved trauma. All narcissism is, is an extreme protective mechanism that comes from unresolved trauma, and we all play a part. So let's say you attract typically narcissistic partners who don't consider you, who don't ever hear your experience, who never take accountability for their actions, who don't listen, who gaslight you, 
who only, you know, focus on themselves. And let's say that's the pattern. If you're attracting that kind of person, you're playing a part. And the perfect match for the narcissist is a combination in the, in the um, saboteur uh, archetypes of the fantasy addict and the self-sacrificer, right? If I'm in fantasy and I'm, I'm in the idea of who the person is in my head, like, wow, this man is so successful and he's really good looking and he's so charming and sweet and he paid the bill and he's really smart. Wow, he's so great. And I'm in this fantasy about him. I'm going to be disconnected from my body that's giving me signals telling me, hey, it actually doesn't feel good to be on this date. This person's, you know, praising, praising me, but it's like something feels off about it. Your body always knows. But when the saboteur is in charge, the saboteur will choose that person out of a fantasy and will ignore the feelings you're feeling inside. And you'll sacrifice all your own needs and desires to be with the person because they maybe they look great on paper. And now you're in a relationship with a narcissist, right? That's how it happens because we play a part. So in order to have a healthy relationship, you have to first know your saboteur. You have to know what patterns are playing out in your for your saboteur you have to know what protective mechanisms mechanisms are in charge so you can actually wake up the parts of you that have been shut down and start operating from a different place if you keep doing what you've always done you'll keep getting what you've always got but we wherever we go there we are we keep going into the same new relationships new person new date and then we blame men or we blame women or we blame the city we live in or we blame being single or we blame you know married life or we blame whatever, our parents, we, we blame, 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 blame. That's what the saboteur does. The saboteur doesn't take any, saboteur is kind of like a narcissist, <laughs> doesn't actually, doesn't take any accountability for my part, right? The saboteur just wants to blame the world for, for our pain as opposed to take responsibility for it. But when you're operating in your relationships from your heroine, you're taking full responsibility for your part. And taking responsibility doesn't mean you're going to stay in a toxic relationship relationship, it means you're going to get to know what part of you staying or choosing to stay, what part of you is, is attracting people like this. And you're going to clean that part up and start accessing the part of you that's been shut down because your saboteur has been in charge. And now you're going to make new choices and you're going to be able to date from an empowered place or be in relationship from a healthy, empowered place where you're not swept away by fantasy, where you're not completely in an illusion about what's happening, where you're not sacrificing, where you're not contorting yourself, right? So you have to know your saboteur so intimately. So let's talk about the different archetypes. I'm going to touch on them right now. And I'm going to share a little bit of the antidote for each one. So you get a feel for what part of you is shut down, depending on which aspect is running the show. So for the fantasy addicts out there now, just so you know, most women are playing out fantasy, whether they know it or not. Even if you're a woman who doesn't identify with dreaming of a white dress on your wedding day, you might not be that kind of fantasy addict. You might not think, oh, it's the one. But my question for you is this, when you when you do have feelings for someone, when you do feel attraction and you have feelings, what happens for you? 
If you get swept away by the story, if you're waiting by the phone, if you're in a fantasy about where it's supposed to go or um, what it might become or who this person is, if your focus is on the other person, you are a fantasy addict. And most of us are. Like most of us have this one playing out and you might have all of them playing out. That's totally normal. Most of us have this one playing out because we are bombarded. I mean, that's what the whole freaking New Truth podcast is about is breaking free from the fantasy fairy tale love story that we've been fed our whole lives, right? We're bombarded, especially as women. We're bombarded with messages that tell us that we're not worthy unless we're in relationship. And the world around us, like, have you ever noticed how many people around you when you're single are actually uncomfortable with you being single as a woman, if you're a woman? I know there's men that listen to this podcast too, but there's a collective discomfort with single women. And, you know, if you experience this and people ask you questions like, how are you still single? Or, um, oh, how long you've been single? How could you be single? I want to set you up with someone, da, 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 da. Then you are definitely running a belief underneath the surface that there's something wrong with you for being single. Because when you clean that up inside of yourself and you no longer identify with the label of in a relationship or single or that that that's no longer your self-worth is no longer determined by that when you walk through the world just i am me and then sometimes i'm in a relationship and sometimes i'm not and you just own that and you own your singleness and you own your sovereignty and when you get into a relationship you own your sovereignty and you stay the same woman whether you're single or in a relationship taking responsibility for her pleasure taking responsibility for her pain when you're operating in the world as your heroine, I call it, when you are taking responsibility for your life, you don't attract people who ask you that question anymore. And I know firsthand because I used to get asked that question every time I was single for five minutes, I would end a relationship and I'd be single for like two weeks and people would be like, oh my gosh, like, are you single? How are you still single? And I remember underneath the surface, I carried a deep shame about being single. So my saboteur had reinforced this story that there was something wrong with me when I was on my own and that I always needed to be looking for a relationship. Therefore, I would settle for toxic relationships. I would settle for the wrong people or I would settle for relationships that were amazing, but I couldn't actually let love in because my pattern was choosing the relationship. And that's what happens when the saboteur is in charge. So most of us are choosing relationship from pattern, even when you attract the right person that actually is aligned with you. Most of us are choosing and operating in relationship from our protective mechanisms. So as I go through them, I want you to start to identify whether you're in a relationship or you're single or you're newly dating. I want you to identify which saboteur archetypes play out for you that are actually stopping you from either letting love in stopping you from being empowered around your choice and making the right choice that's actually in true alignment for you, or that's stopping you from, from celebrating exactly where you are, right? If you, like whatever we attract outside of ourselves is simply, when other people challenge us, question us, judge us, is simply a mirror. The universe, life, people are just reflecting a discord that is inside. And as soon as you clean that up and you change your mind and you unlock those repressed parts and you stop letting your saboteur lead, you will not have people challenge you anymore. People will stop 
caring, like they'll, they'll look at you and be inspired by your life because you're living in alignment as opposed to tell you what to do or who to be or judge you for, for where you're at. It's simply a reflection of a judgment within, especially if you feel activated or triggered by other people's comments, like, are you still single? So your saboteur. So the first is the fantasy addict. The fantasy addict is not rooted in reality. I'll say that again. The fantasy addict is not rooted in reality. Like write that down. So the fantasy addict doesn't just show up in our relationships. It shows up in every aspect of life. How many times have you said, oh, you know, I'll be happy when I get a new job. I can't wait to start that new job, or I can't wait to move to that new apartment. Then everything's going to be great. Once I have a boyfriend, once we get married, once we have kids, once da, da, da. the fantasy addict is always in the future and never in the here and now. The fantasy addict robs us from actually experiencing what we're experiencing. So often in relationships, fantasy addicts are those of you who are on Instagram posting about how great your relationship is when you actually don't really feel that connected to your partner, or you don't feel that loved by your partner, or you just want the world to think that you're happy, right? You want to paint a picture that you're happy so that you feel on some level like you're accomplishing something, you're achieving success, like people will approve of you. Maybe the maybe you look at other people's Instagrams and you compare yourself. That's a fantasy addict. Jealousy and comparison are definitely the fantasy addict. Someone else has something that I don't have, right? The fantasy addict is, is driven by what my life looks like, not how I feel. The fantasy addict is her whole entire life is orchestrated by what life looks like. So you could have a really great relationship on paper and it might not be the aligned relationship for you, but the fantasy addict will stay anyways. So I'll give you an example. I went on a date with a guy, a couple dates, and my fantasy addict at first was like, hey, this guy's a great catch. Okay. I'm in Greece. I'm not like, I live in Greece now. I'm not looking for like a husband, my fantasy addict is, is pretty tame. Like I don't hear her very often, but I was new to dating and I just went on a couple dates um, with someone who I'd, I'd spoken to briefly in Athens back in November. And then I went on a couple dates with him and he was really fun. He rode a motorcycle. He's Italian. He's worldly. He has a great career. He's successful. So check, 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 right? The fa and I had fun with him. So I did feel good the first time. And the second time I started to feel like hmm, something feels off here. And, um, and I started to notice my inner world wasn't matching the fantasy. And my mind was like, oh, this could be a cool lover to have. He's this Italian motorcycle riding, whatever. And my fantasy attitude was like, maybe we'll go to Italy on a trip together. And like, she, she had a few, a few says in there. But the, the reality is, or the differences with me is I know my saboteur so intimately. Her name's Regina, for those of you who don't know. And definitely naming your saboteur is an essential part of the process because that's how you start to externalize the pattern from thinking it's yourself. As long as I just think, oh, there's my fantasy, I think it's me. But once I can see, oh, there's Regina, that conditioned part of myself that I learned from childhood, that I learned from society, that I learned from life, right? The world around me, that I learned from being a woman, that part of me got kicked up and she has a name. And, and there's only one name for your saboteur. She has many facets to her, but one name and she's your roommate. So there's Regina rearing her head. But my practice is to always come back to how I feel. So that's the key for the fantasy addict. 
addict. The fantasy addict, uh, the key for the fantasy addict is learning how to be authentic and how to actually operate from what feels good as opposed to, so it's switching from making choices in your life that look good right? So it's like putting on that outfit that looks really good. Let's say you go dress shopping. This happened to me once. You go dress shopping and you pick a dress that's like very sleek and sexy and that looks really good and you're very well put together. And then you put on a different dress that's fun and flirty and playful. And this is my personality. I remember trying these two dresses on and my partner at the time looked at the 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 serious, sleek, sexy dress and he was like that one. So I ended up buying that one. And the whole night... I was very serious, like my energy mimicked the dress. And he looked at me and he said, we made the wrong choice. And I was like, what do you mean? And he said, the other dress was the right choice because in front of the mirror, you were, you were yourself, you were dancing, you were, you were, you were flirting, you were playful, you were in your heart energy. And that is exactly it, right? So it's making the choice based on how you feel as opposed to what it looks like. So if you're dating, making the choice of the, the person that you feel amazing to be around, that you feel met by. Met meaning you feel like it's easy, like you're, ha like you're connecting. For me, feeling met, we've talked about this a couple episodes ago, but feeling met is, is I feel emotionally met. I feel intellectually met. I feel sexually met, spiritually, whatever. I feel like I can fully be myself, which for me, I'm always myself everywhere I go. That's just how I operate now because my saboteur is not in charge. But when she was, it would be taking my focus off who this person is and what they do and don't do and bringing my attention back to how I feel inside of my body. Do I feel relaxed? Am I being honest? Am I being real? Am I, am I being like, playful, but like playfully myself, am I like, wh who am I in the world? And am I showing up this way? Am I, am I sharing what's really going on for me? Am I like, who are you bringing to the table? So the fantasy addict cares so much about what people look like. So you want to learn how to shift your focus from the external to the internal. So when you are in romantic relationships, the fantasy addict is like, oh yeah, everything's great. No. Yeah. We're doing great. Oh, we're really happy. And all your friends think you're happy and you're, you're your rose bushes are perfect on the outside. Your picket fence is solid. Your house looks great. Everything, people come over. Everything looks amazing. Meanwhile, behind the scenes, you're not having sex. You hate your partner. You're miserable. You're fantasizing about your neighbor. You're, you know, like you're living in this quiet misery on the inside, right? That is the fantasy addict in relationship. That's just a version of it, but you get what I mean. Yes, that's the fantasy addict. The, the fantasy addict is creating an idea for everyone else that things are great, but on the inside, they're not. And this is very common. And it's a little bit of the isolator as well by not sharing what's really going on with other people and keeping up the facade that everything is amazing. It's actually a little bit of several of that example. And it's way too common, way, way, way too common. So that's the fantasy addict. So let's move on to the self-sacrificer. The self-sacrificer is, um, you know, in relationship, this looks like the woman who does everything. She sacrifices herself and her own needs for other people's and often ends up in relationships with people that are just really selfish, right? Because she's constantly used to being like, sure, we'll go where you want to go or, or yeah, that's no problem. I can do that for you. Let me take care of the laundry. Let me do that thing for you. And the self-sacrificer, oh yeah, I can be there in 10 minutes. No problem. Oh, I'll cancel my plans with my friends and go for dinner with you. The self-sacrificer is constantly sacrificing her own true needs and desires 
to take care of other people. And if you are the self-sacrificer, this is most women, because this has been ingrained in us for centuries. If you are the self-sacrificer in romantic relationships, I guarantee you, you are in your friendships as well. Um, so this is something to be very mindful of. The self-sacrificer is like the Mother Teresa, the, you know, Mother Mary, I'm here for everybody else's experience. Self-sacrificers often feel responsible for other people's experiences rather than taking responsibility for their own experience. Self-sacrificers don't even consider their own experience. They're so busy worried about what his experience is going to be and like, how can I make sure he's happy and he's comfortable or she's happy and she's comfortable that they forget about themselves. So that's a self-sacrificer. I, I can't go too deep into them because this is going to be the longest podcast episode ever um, because I can go on and on and on about them. So definitely join me in the masterclass next week. But if, the, if you identify with a self-sacrificer in romantic relationships, self-sacrificers end up with people who they end up feeling so deeply resentful and unsupported because they don't actually let anyone support them because they're so busy supporting everyone else. So that's what the tone or the feeling underneath self-sacrificers antidote they need to learn how to be selfish and how to listen to their own needs and consider their own experience and then put that first when you learn how to be sacredly selfish I call it my client sent me a message this morning that was like I'm being sacredly selfish right now and I love it and it's just such a beautiful word because we're taught selfishness is so wrong and bad but the word selfish is at the expense of someone else self-centered, centered within yourself or sacredly selfish is when you're actually honoring self. And when you honor what's actually true for you, you honor everyone around you because you feel better and you're not resentful. You're not doing this favor for someone because you're deeply out of, out of obligation, out of sacrifice, and then feeling resentful for it. That's actually not healthy for anyone. You're making decisions from a place of alignment. So self-sacrificer is the nice girl and you have to learn how to stop being so nice and how to choose yourself and put yourself first and speak up for what you need or what you desire. And, and then you will, you will stop yourself from getting into those relationships where you do everything, right? There's a book that I read years ago called Why Men Love Bitches. I loved, I remember reading it and at the time, I didn't like that the premise of the book was about getting the guy, like being the bitch, AKA the empowered woman is actually what the bitch is. Um, being an empowered independent woman that the whole book is about the nice girl versus the empowered independent woman. Um, I didn't like that it was to get the guy because then it's a bit like do X, Y, Z to get the guy. But I did love the concept of no longer being the doormat and the nice girl and actually be living a life that's empowered that you love. And that's when you're the most attractive to high quality love, right? You're going to attract people from self-sacrifice, but they're not going to be the ones you're going to be happy to be with because you're going to be doing everything. So that's the self-sacrificer. All right. The isolator is the next one. Isolator is the saboteur archetype, the part of you that just feels like a burden. Um, and so doesn't want to, doesn't want to be a burden to anyone else. So isolators typically are great listeners, great friends, but they have a really hard time opening up. They have a really hard time being vulnerable and they have a really hard time actually sharing what's going on for them. Isolators tend to, to just be in their own world alone. And they're either avoiding relationships altogether or they're in relationships and their partner doesn't even know them because they're not sharing what's really going on. They're just, everything's fine. And they're, 
you know, they're, they're living on this, on the surface. Meanwhile, there's this iceberg of pain inside that nobody sees because they're so used to hiding it. Um, and this was definitely learned in childhood. All of these were, but isolator pattern for sure is a, is a childhood protective mechanism. So if this is you, the isolator antidote is learning how to be vulnerable. Vulnerability is your secret sauce of breaking free of this pattern. As you can see, the antidote for all of them is the opposite, right? So the isolator is so used to being alone and not sharing and not letting anything in feels like a burden, yet isolators are always the farthest thing from a burden. Everyone who has an isolator in their life wants to know them deeply, right? You're ripping off the world because you're not actually building true connections. So when you learn how to be more vulnerable, starting with being vulnerable and honest with yourself, with how you're feeling, getting to know what's happening inside of you and then sharing that with the right people who you feel safe to share with and learning how to be seen and supported. It's going to feel uncomfortable at first, but on the journey of breaking free from your patterns, you want to get comfortable with being uncomfortable because you're going to be uncomfortable a lot. And that is absolutely just part of the journey. So that's the isolator, of course, so much more to it. That's just a snippet. Um, the controller is the next one. The controller is the woman who is successful, the woman who is independent and powerful, often shut down from love. If she's married, her husband's probably like a teenager. If she's divorced, she's divorced to a teenager, not an actual teenager, but behavior like a teenage boy. Um, if she is uh, in, in her career, typically very successful, very driven, ambitious, perfectionism is very common for controllers and you can also have controller on the inside so it doesn't mean you're always control and sometimes women hear this one and they're like well I'm not controlling but controller is more about trying to control the world around you so that you feel safe on some level controllers don't feel safe in the world they don't trust other people they don't trust um, they don't trust the universe. They don't trust that everything's going to be fine. So they're, and again, coming from usually childhood systemic trauma, but the controller is always is working on overdrive, trying to make sure everything's taken care of. Everyone's taken care of over functioning, doing everything perfectly. And, and that's why they become really high achievers. That's why they're often successful. Every, every saboteur archetype has a gift. And I'll share that on the masterclass. The controller gift is that they are typically, they, they build that, um, they build that part of themselves that's able to create a lot, to achieve a lot, to, to get a lot of places. However, the sad, the sad thing for the controller is they work their butts off, controlling everything around them, getting to the top, you know, working their butts off, taking care of everyone but themselves. And at the end of the day, they don't get to experience any of it. The success the you know perfect house whatever whatever the the checklist that got moved through that day is like the controller is working so hard to control life around them that they miss the experience they miss the magic they miss the beauty they they're not able to receive controllers are so shut down from receiving because they don't let anyone support them they're, they support the world they like to drive they like to be in charge and they have a very hard time relinquishing control and so in relationships, when you're dating and in relationship, the antidote for the controller is to actually ask for support, right? To let someone take care of you, to let someone, one of the things I have often have my clients practice as controllers is next time you get on an airplane, if you're a controller, 
and you have a carry-on suitcase, tap someone on the back who looks stronger, who lo or just looks strong and say, excuse me, would you mind helping me lift my bag? I have a hard time lifting it up there and ask for help. And it's going to feel really fucking uncomfortable if you're a controller to actually receive support in that way, but you can start to practice it in little small ways and it will allow you to start to soften and start to let other people support you right? Controllers think they need to do it all alone. And on the inside, they feel so tired and so resentful and so exhausted because they're, they're alone in everything. And you don't have to be alone. So much more is possible for you. Controllers can't actually let love in because there are so many guards around their hearts. So whether you're in a relationship, but you're shut down or you're out of a relationship and you're so busy working and ignoring relationships or dating altogether or anything in between controllers can't actually receive love because they have to be in control. So that's the controller. Um, and then the last one's the shapeshifter. And the shapeshifter is the, the part of the saboteur that's like, who do I need to be for you to like me? Who do I need to be for you to choose me? So the shapeshifter gets into romantic relationships and, you know, a, a woman who hates country music all of a sudden is like a big country music fan because her partner is, or she hates camping and then all of a sudden she's camping every weekend even though she's actually miserable on the inside like it's one thing to try new things in relationships and of course grow and evolve because our partners can inspire us to to meet new parts of ourselves that's absolutely true but i'm talking about shapeshifter is actually doing things that don't feel good to you but doing them anyways let's say you're not, I mean, I even had a little bit of this. It wasn't really, I was trying new things, but I would say when I was in a relationship with Jeff for seven years, he's a restaurateur, he's a sommelier, he's a, he's a like restaurant guy. So we traveled a lot. We went to amazing places and so many times I would eat food that I knew my body didn't like, or I would have a little bit too much wine with him. Like I would have two and a half glasses instead of one and a half glasses, knowing it would make me feel sick. I know my body, but I would do it, I would push myself a little bit because I knew that he wanted to have that experience. And there was a part of me trying to relate to him. So if you have a, you know, caring people, pleaser, self-sacrifice or nature, which was one of my primary saboteur archetypes that combined with the shapeshifter, you will naturally do this a little bit to try and relate to people, to try and connect. And you want to notice where it's coming from, right? If all of a sudden you're a big fan of country music and you hated it before, do you genuinely like it now? Is it bringing joy to your life and it's fun and expansive for you? Or are you pretending? tending to like it for the other person, right? So you can feel the difference. That's the shapeshifter is like doing the thing to be loved, to fit in, to belong, to be accepted, to, to connect, but it's actually disconnecting from self to try and connect to another. So how can you actually really genuinely be connected to another if you're not connected to yourself? You can't, it's not possible. So those are the five saboteur archetypes. And in order to transform your pattern, you have to step into the antidote. You have to start practicing these opposite. And there's so much more to this that I will share in the masterclass, but you have to start embodying the repressed parts of you that are stopping you or the repressed parts of you that are, that are um, not 
online because you've been operating from your protection, right? So if you're always sacrificing yourself in relationships, you're always going to attract people who take, 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 take. If you're always controlling in relationships, you're going to attract similar people who just like don't do anything. If you're in fantasy in relationship, you're often going to attract toxic relationships. If you're um, an isolator in relationships, you're not going to be able to actually experience true intimacy, right? There's all these things. If you're a controller, you're not going to be able to really let love in, even when it's right in front of you, even when the aligned partner is in front of you, you'll never be able to let them support you and you'll never be able to connect in an intimate way. So you have to learn how to embrace these antidotes and unlock the repressed parts so that you can actually shift the relational patterns and shift the, the, the thing that's actually stopping you or sabotaging you from experiencing the love that you desire. This is the key. Know your saboteur intimately, and then you can help her take a back seat so your heroine can start driving your life and you can start operating from these disowned aspects of yourself. So hopefully that makes sense and that you got lots of out of this episode. I'm so happy to be here. I can't wait to see you in the masterclass. Link is below. Tell all your friends, uh, the Expanded Love 5-Day Masterclass, June 20th. I go live every single day at 8 a.m. Pacific inside of the a private Facebook community, which you will get access to once you register. There'll be an email in your inbox. Definitely check your promotional folder because it'll probably end up there. Um, and you'll click on the Facebook group there. You'll join the Facebook group. And then every day I go live inside of that Facebook group and teach an hour long to a 75-minute class on each saboteur archetype. Knowing these saboteur patterns is life-changing, not just in your relationships. I know I said this at the beginning, but not just in your relationships, not just in dating. Like you will, you will be able to have much more intimate, much more meaningful friendships, sisterhood. You will, you know, your life purpose, like everything, your, your turn on, your joy, your beauty, every part of you that you desire to feel or experience, your sensuality, your sexuality, it all comes from you no longer operating from patterns and protective mechanisms. And I know Catherine and I speak so much of these. So definitely join me to learn more about your saboteur. And of course, I will remind you that when you join this masterclass, as soon as you sign up, your name gets entered for the draw to win a spot in my upcoming reclamation three-month course where you unlock your heroine. And then every day that you show up and comment on the Facebook Live, you will also get entered for the draw again. So you have a chance to be entered six times. And one of you beautiful women is going to be joining me in the reclamation. I cannot wait. Starts July, beginning of July. Um, so I will see you next week at the Expanded Love Masterclass. Click the link below to register. Tell all of your friends. And until next time, we will see you soon. But keep an eye on your saboteur. Much love. Hi, it's Kate. Thanks so much for listening to the New Truth Podcast. For more of Catherine and I, come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group. We are in there. That's where we're sharing all about our programs and our free workshops that we do. Um, you can come join us there and ask as many questions as you want about the podcast episodes, about dating, relationships, any struggles you're having out there. We would love to support you. So come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group and we will see you soon.